We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Truth. I cannot get out of it, so we're going to continue. Today, the title of the message is this. Say what? You ever had anybody give you that response? Say what? Because you've just told them something that you just really can't believe they just told you. Say what? Well, today, I believe your response to the message, to me, you're going to say, say what? Yeah, I've got nothing but wonderful news. You know, the Bible says that this is good news. The Word of God is good news. Well, I've got great news. I've got the best news you're ever going to hear today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 7, verse 13. This has been our theme verse for this series. Thus you nullify the Word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. And we've talked about how the traditions in church sometimes will nullify the power of the Word of God. And so we need to understand truth, let truth reign, and sometimes if it goes against our tradition, we have to let traditions go. I've had to let a lot go. I love tradition. But if it's not grounded in the truth, we need to let it go. I've stated this, that diluted truth is polluted truth. We've got to have the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And so today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is writing a church, a letter. The church is in Ephesus. And man, Paul just starts this thing off with a boom. I love to get letters that start off really, really good, don't you? This is Ephesians 1, verses 3 and following. It says this, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Underline that if you have it. If you don't, just put it in your... He has blessed us. How? With every spiritual blessing in Christ. Isn't that awesome? You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I say, what? Yeah, every one of them. For he chose us. Aren't you glad of that? He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy, blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Wow. Say what? Are you kidding me? This is just the introduction to the letter. And he has given us so many things that we just normally just pass over it all. What? Yeah, look at this. He has chosen us. Have you ever been chosen for anything? Or were you the last one chosen for a team? You know, didn't you hate that when you were in grade school and had two people choosing teams and you're standing there and everybody else gets chosen? You're like, hey, what am I, chopped liver? Yeah, you were chosen. Uh, Sandy and I will go to the grocery store. We'll go to the produce section. And, and we, we choose 
certain bananas. We choose certain grapes to take home with us. There are some we don't, but we choose. You were chosen by God. That means you were picked out. He says you are holy. I did a whole series on holiness. We are whole not by what we look like, but because we are complete. W-H-O-L-E. We are whole E in God. He completes us. He finishes us. We are blameless in God's sight. Isn't that awesome? I mean, other people can find blame in you. But in God's sight, you're blameless. You're adopted. That means God wanted you. Uh, when I was born, my parents didn't have a choice. They just got what they got. But when you are adopted, that means somebody looks at you loves you and says, I choose you, I pick you, I'm taking you home with me and giving you all of the authority as a son or daughter of God. Isn't that awesome? Say what? Yeah. I mean, then he says this, you are redeemed. That means you've been purchased. You've been bought with a price. You are not your own. You have been forgiven and our sins are never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. Say what? And he says this. He calls us a lot of names, right? All these names. But then he says, I'm going to give you every spiritual blessing. It's already been given to us. We just have to receive it. Gifts are only given and only received, right? Have you ever been given a gift that you didn't receive? Maybe you gave a gift and wasn't received. God gives us every spiritual blessing. We have to receive that gift. So when you are given every spiritual blessing, how many spiritual blessings are you given? Are there any left to give? No. God has already given them to us. We've got to receive those blessings. This means he has lavishly, I love that word, lavishly given us everything we need in this life. Isn't that awesome? If you are glad for all the things that I just said that God has given to you, God has called you, all these things, if you are glad, excited, wonderfully appreciative of that, give God a big hand clap of praise right now. Come on. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Praise God. And then it says it's his pleasure and his will to do it. God enjoys hanging out with you. Have you ever hung out with somebody that you didn't enjoy hanging out with? Yeah. God enjoys hanging out with you. He loves your relationship. Last week I talked about the disciples. They had just seen 5,000 fed, more than that. And then they're rowing on the other side. And there was a straining against the wind and the waves. Remember I talked about that last week? Well, how many know that when you preach about something, it happens to you? So this week I had some strains and waves and I was straining. And, uh, and so then my wife has the audacity. <laughs> In the middle of my straining. To just walk up beside me and go, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> I said, let me enjoy my moment of being terrified. <laughs> let me enjoy my moment of straining. She said, see, I can't. Then I have to ask myself. Does what I preach work? Will it work for you? Will it work for me? That's a serious question. And I got to tell you, what I preached last week works. I got to the other side. 
It was awesome. Jesus was there waiting on me, right? He didn't relieve the straining, but I had to strain. I got there. I love it when Jesus gets in your boat with you. It's awesome. But I, this week, he didn't get in my boat with me. He just said, I'll wait for you. Come on, strain through it. Let's go. Life has a way of doing that. And so this morning, I've got some things I have to admit to you. This morning, when people were saying so many nice things about me, I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> so I've got some things I've got to admit that may bring me down a couple of levels this morning. So here's the way it goes. Hi, my name is Dwayne, and I'm an addict. What? Yeah. I am an addict to the approval of people. I want everybody to approve of me and like me. It has been a failure in my life from day one. I just want everybody to like me. I want to please everybody, and I want everybody to, to be nice. And I have struggled with this addiction all of my life. You may say, well, that's not a problem. It is in the ministry, and I still live in the residue of it. Let me, let me just give you a revelation that you probably have not even thought about, but I'm going to give you a revelation this morning. Pastors are not perfect. I know this is a shock. Step back moment. But people expect perfection. So I wrote down a few areas. People expect perfection. People expect perfection in my family. My family has to be perfect. My spouse has to be perfect. My kids have to be perfect. My marriage has to be perfect. My finances have to be perfect. My prayer life has to be perfect. My counseling has to be perfect. My parenting, my eating habits, my appearance, my thinking, the marketing skills, my social skills, my speech, my attitude, my energy, my availability, my abilities, my worship, my house, my car, my clothes, my teeth, my skin, my hair. Are you listening? Everything has to be perfect because people expect perfection because I am a pastor. But my shortcomings are public and your shortcomings are private. Everybody sees mine. And they're sometimes free to tell me. Yeah. Well, I see you're putting on a little weight there, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, got a few more wrinkles this year. Uh, yeah. And sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I want to quit. To pack it up, pack it in, pack it out. So does this word really work? Does what I preach really work? Or is it just something that we talk about, something that we listen to, or does it really, really work? When I was very early in my ministry, I mean, I was blessed. I mean, I got to tell you, everything was roses, man. I, I was blessed. My, my youth ministry skyrocketed. We, we were doing things with people around the, around the world, literally, with youth ministry. I was the assistant district youth director over 500-something churches, and life was going good. We started a church, and man, God grew that thing, bought property. Life is going great. I love everything about the ministry. It's roses. And then one day, I saw another side of people. It shocked me. Yeah. It hurt me. And I saw that there is a worst 
of people. Probably some of you still never seen that. I hope and pray you never do. But it was an opportunity for me to get bitter. It was an opportunity for me to say I'm packing it in, packing it up, packing it out. Now there's nothing worse than a bitter preacher. Nothing worse than that. Uh, there's nothing worse than bitter people. And so in those times, what do you do? Do you fix your eyes on the wind and the waves and the straining, or do you fix your eyes on God? And so I believe this works. It's not just something that we talk about. It's not just something that we do on a weekly basis. We come to church and hear the preacher. No, this word really works. It is truth. It is life. It is present help in a time of trouble. It will lift you up when you are down. It will heal your body. It will touch your mind. It will give you everything you ever needed in life. Why? Because God has already lavishly poured upon you every spiritual blessing that you need hallelujah say what yes look at Jeremiah 1 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you Woo. before you were born I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations I read that verse a lot Psalm 139 14 I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Hallelujah. All you have to do is look at your body, and that's enough to praise God for. Amen? Amen. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord makes firm, firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Our steps become firm. Why? Because we delight ourselves in God. And He pleasures and He wills our lives and He enjoys our relationship and He calls us chosen and blessed and blameless and all those things were forgiven, redeemed. All those things. Those are things He looks at us and says, that's who you are. I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's who you are. And so many times we get our eyes off of who we are. We get our eyes on the winds and the waves and the strain and we forget all that God has lavishly poured out upon us. I've got good news for you. God does not panic. Anybody ever panicked? God does not panic. He does not get terrified. The disciples last week were terrified. God does not say, oh no, what am I going to do? Oh my goodness. I didn't see this coming. No, God has a plan. He's got a plan. Look at John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm giving you stuff this morning. You're going to have to go home and just dig it out. In the beginning was what? The Word. The Word in the Greek there means logos. It was God. It was God. God was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. We know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Logos. God meaning three in one. And then further down, they said, let us make man in our image. So we believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Logos. God the Father became God the Son in this earth. Logos. He became flesh and dwelt among us logos it's the concept of the complete wholeness of God so this is the complete Godhead in one concept Jesus 
was the express image of God on earth. Remember Jesus said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. So he was saying, I am God, the whole concept in the flesh, Logos. Now I want you to get this. There's a huge difference between created and made. Huge difference. When something is made, it takes something, reshapes it, reforms it into something else. When something is created, there is nothing, and then there is something. So you and I were made. Two people got together, two somethings got together, and we were made. We were made. But the Word of God tells us that when we become a believer, we are not remade. This is not DIY, HGTV stuff. This is not coming in and I get renovated. This is not coming in I get a new look. I get a makeover. No, no. The Word of God says that when we are reborn, that we are what? A new creation. A creation. So we are no longer remade. This is a better version. This is 4.0. No, no, no. We are not remade and all that. We are a new creation of God. God has taken what was there. That old man, he died. He did not get remade. He is dead, buried, never living again. I now rise up as a new creation of God, I am now no longer earthly born, but I am heavenly created by Logos. I want you to get this. When we are chosen, we're born again. A new creation, Logos. And then when we are created by God, here's what the picture is in the Greek. Ek, ek lego mai, which means this. Ek meaning out of. We are taken out of the Word, being God. We are taken out of God, and now we are created. There was nothing, now there's something, and we are created by God, for God, through God, out of Logos, out of the Word Himself. So it is no longer I who live. Paul got it. I don't live anymore. The moment I received Christ, that man that was made died. Now I am a new creation. I am now out of the Word of God. So I'm living today because I'm out of the Logos of God. I am living a new creation. So we are not any longer made. Now there are two words for word, if I can say it that way. One word is logos, that meaning the complete concept of God. The other word is rhema. How many have heard of rhema word? That's a big word back in the 80s, 90s. There was a lot of rhema in going on, okay? And there's a wrong concept of it. Rhema literally means it becomes the spoken word of God. We are the creative logos when we speak the word of God, we become the rhema, spoken word of God. So when I preach the word, I am speaking the rhema word of God. It is not my word. 
It is God's word. My word will fail. My word may change through the years. I may have differing opinions. I may have differing ideas. But God's word never changes. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when the rhema word of God is spoken, it brings hope, it brings life, it brings truth, it brings eternity, it brings every spiritual blessing of God into your life when you receive it and you walk out of here saying, I am no longer a sinner saved by grace. That is not true. You are a new creation of an almighty God. God who takes part of himself and creates you and say you are mine. I have chosen you. I have adopted you. You are blameless. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. And every spiritual blessing I give to you, my adopted son, my adopted daughter, here is the ring. Here is the robe. Put on the sandals. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Hallelujah. And that is who you are. The enemy comes along and lies to us about who we are, right? We sometimes get our eyes on the straining and the wind and the waves and we sometimes lose sight of God. So when I preach this word, it doesn't mean it's just something spoken. No, it is the spoken word of God. And that word is alive. And it draws us in. And it sometimes convicts us of our sins. That's a good thing. I don't know why we've ever thought that conviction was bad. Conviction is good. It changes the way I live. It changes the way I think. It changes the people I hang out with. And sometimes we ask questions like this. Well then why do I get hurt? Why do I have so many troubles? Why do I have so much heartache? Why did I have cancer? Or why do I have cancer? And then some of us, because I've asked this question myself, why don't I have cancer? Yeah. God has created you so that you and I, through our lives, become the rhema word of God. Our lives speak to everyone around us. And they speak especially when we are not talking. Has somebody else's life ever spoke to you without them ever saying a word to you? Yeah. Because you watch them go through something. And you watch their life and the way they respond and the way they react and their attitude through it. And you go, wow, how can they do that? And you may go up to them and say, how are you going through this? And they may answer, well, it's because I have a peace of God that surpasseth understanding. Wow, that's rhema right there. Or you just may watch them and you see that you know they, they have every right to not come to church. They have every right to be bitter. They have every right to get angry. They have every right to look and shake their fist at God. But they don't. And that begins to speak to you. 
And you say, God, how can they do that? How, how come they're not bitter? How come they're not angry? And it begins to speak back to your heart. So today, here's some answers for you. Why do you get hurt? Maybe because your life can speak of the grace of God to somebody else's life. Why am I having so many troubles? Maybe your life can speak of the power of God to somebody else who may be going through the same problems. Why am I so blessed? Maybe because your life is speaking because of the giving that you've got in your life. Why am I not sick? Maybe it speaks to the protection of God. Why am I sick? Maybe it speaks to your faith and your belief that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or imagine. I believe that by His stripes I am healed. And why you go through things is because other people are watching your life and they need something today that's not an opinion, that's not somebody's thinking or belief today. They need the rhema word of God to be spoken to them and say this is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And your life today is shouting that to everybody around them today. Hallelujah. Say what? Yes. People are listening to your lives. They're watching you. They're observing how are you handling life. How many would raise your hand and say life is hard? It's tough. It's not easy. If it was, everybody could do it. But God says this. You are out of me. I want you to get this. You are no longer your own. You've been bought. You are, you're no longer that made person. You are now a created being of God. And you are out of me. You are blood of my blood. You are my child. I'm going to lavish everything I have upon you. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to call you all these things. Why? Because we need the world to hear louder than the world is screaming. We need the word to hear the rhema word of God that God is still on the throne, that God is alive, that God is working, that He is real and this thing really works and the word of God is true and it doesn't change and they need to see people who are committed to God, faithful to God, believe in God. They don't change with every wind and wave of doctrine but people who are standing upon the rock which is Christ Jesus and they shall not be moved. Am I preaching to the right? church today come on I want some people who know what I'm talking about this is truth hallelujah people are watching and they need to hear the word of God coming out of your life whether you ever say anything or not people can hear and they can see you're chosen you're holy you're blameless you're adopted you know my wife was a walking, talking tumor? Yeah. Her mother had had a lot of kids. And with the last one, she said, I don't want to have any more. So in those days, they just kind of took everything out. And for years, nothing. Then all of a sudden, something started happening in her belly. She went to the doctor. He goes, well, I think it's a tumor. And in those days, they didn't have all the things they have today, and so what they did was exploratory surgery. 
So the doctor opens up her mama and goes, what? Say what? <laughs> Closed her up. And then you can imagine her mama's reaction. What? My, my youngest child is 17 years old and, and I'm this old and I'm going to have what? You're going to have a baby. They told her she was a walking, talking tumor because of that. Her brothers picked on her whole life. You are a tumor. And now, and you know what I believe? I believe God says, hey, I need to make somebody that can handle the life of a preacher's wife. I'm going to make somebody who can handle all the scrutiny and all the pressures of all the perfection and all the life. And I'm going to make her and I'm going to give her to this guy because I knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb and I've called him out to be a prophet. I believe God looked at every one of you and says, hey, I see the life you're going to live. I've got somebody picked out just for you. You are no longer going to be made. I'm going to create you out of me. I'm going to give you a life that has purpose. I'm going to give you a hope when nobody else has hope. I'm going to give you joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I'm going to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to lavish it on you with all that I can. And how many know that when God loves, it's a lot of love? And when God lavishes, that's a lot of lavish. Because your lavish and my lavish is not even close to His. We are His chosen people. And he has given us every spiritual blessing. How many? Every. How many is left? None. We lack nothing. And people can hear the rhema word of God by how you live. They can see it and hear it when you come to work tomorrow morning. Don't just walk in like some beat up old person. You know those mundane Mondays? Uh, everybody hits Mondays. I know a lot of pastors quit on Mondays. Yeah. No. Go to work Monday morning. Hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you, Fred. How, how was your weekend? It was awesome. Let me tell you what's going on in God. Look what God is doing in my life. Look how God has blessed me. I'm vertical, man. That's a good day. I tell people all the time, what does it take to have a good day? If you're vertical, that's all it takes. If you're breathing, that's all it takes to be able to give praise to God. We need to stop looking around and finding all the excuses to be sold up and soured up. It's time for us to get into the Word of God and find the reasons that we have the joy of the Lord and the strength that He has and we've got everything lavished upon. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to shout today just a little bit because I know in whom I have believed. Hallelujah. We are the complete concept of God. Our lives are shouting to people. And we may never speak a word. Anyone here today, and I would ask you this question. Anyone here today, your body, your life speaks of the healing power of God. If that's you, stand up. You know this speaks of the healing power of God. Yeah. Ooh, look around. I hear some shouting going on, don't you? Nobody's saying a word. Anyone here today in your life... No, stay standing, stay standing. Anyone here today in your life speaks that God can set you free from addictions? Stand up. Come on. Woo! <laughs> I'm fixing to have a runaway here. 
Anybody here today, you had a bad self-image of yourself, and God's kind of straightened that out just a little bit. You had a bad self-image. Come on, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. The enemy will tear you down, beat you up. God will set you free. Anybody here struggles with anxieties and depressions, and God has set you free from that? Raise, stand up. Come on. Anybody here today dealt with a lot of fear? Fear of anything, fear of everything. I don't know, but the enemy had you controlled by fear. Stand up today. Anybody here been set free from the, the power of uh, anger? I mean, you just had a problem with anger. Stand up. Come on. Anybody here today whose life is a picture of the grace and the mercy of God? Anybody's life here today that says, I know that God is love because when nobody else loved me, God loved me. Anybody here today a power? Come on, shout it out. Anybody here today? Oh, hallelujah. Who's been chosen by God, adopted by God, redeemed by God, forgiven by God. Anybody in this house today? Come on, shout it out. Let's hear your praise to a God who has lavishly poured out his love. Come on, hallelujah. Give him your best praise. Give him your best praise. Hallelujah. 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 Stay standing. We have been given every spiritual blessing by God. We've got to understand who we are and why we are here. You have been called by God. Chosen by God. Given everything you need to let your life shout by God. Now, every one of us stood for different reasons. And so when the world looks at just one of us, they do not get the Logos, complete concept of God. But when we start putting all of our stories together, God is not just a God of healing. He's not just a God of provision. He's not just a God of addictions. He's not just a God of this and that and the other. But he is a God, a whole concept of God, that it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do to destroy your life. His word says, I have come to give you that life and give you life in what? Abundance. Hallelujah. Give it to you to the full. Wow. Life abundant to the full. Now those of you, I need you to just look around at everybody standing. Wow. Their lives are shouting to you. Man, so if you ever think you're all by yourself, if you ever think God's not doing anything today, because you know what the enemy whispers? Well, God doesn't love you. God's deserted you. God, God doesn't do that today. He doesn't do it anymore. And you know what? Blah, 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 blah. And you are blamed for everything. Well, if you were holier, if you were more righteous, if you read more, if you were more perfect, well, none of us are perfect. No, not one. And if we ever stand and say we are perfect, be careful. Be careful. I have as many problems as you do but I got one solution just like you do. It's God. The Father who lavishly loves you. 
And don't you dare let the enemy tell you anything different. And he is lavishly pouring out his presence in your life. Why do certain things, why do bad things happen to good people? Maybe it's because somebody else needs to hear your life shout. And it's time that the church stopped being silent. It's time that we live loud. It's time we let people know who we believe in. It's time we let people know what has happened in our lives. It's time that we begin to take over culture instead of the culture taking over the church. I'm just telling you truth. I'm telling you what's in this book. We've got to turn our world upside down. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.